a train with over 300 passengers on a board on board collided with a freight train. Okay, that means human error. That means that whoever was driving one of those trains was not supposed to be where they were. Uh, Maggie was playing me an air traffic and ATC clip that somebody posted on Twitter earlier today of a female air traffic controller, all emotional and upset and stuff. And she almost oversaw a pair of 737s or Airbus A320s colliding on a runway. It was only the pilots who were going like, dude, is that you? Because they knew each other, and you can hear it on the recording, going like, hey, Frank, is that you straight ahead? Yeah, 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 Bob, that's me. She's telling us to, to, to take that runway. When I see you're still on, he goes, yeah, I'm still on that runway. So if it weren't for the, the, the brilliance and the skill of the pilots using their eyeballs, what would have happened if there had been artificial intelligence flying that plane? It would have done what ATC AI told it to do. So there was almost a collision. One of the planes was landing. There was almost a collision. What airport was it at? It's okay. You, when you find it, you find it. Back to the, uh, the New York Times story. Uh, 300 passengers on board collided with a freight train. Uh, the prime minister blamed tragic human error. The police arrested the station manager and the transport minister announced his resignation. I just have to say again, you have three, uh, 300 souls in your care who are on... You have 300 souls under your care. They're on that train, and those trains fly in Europe. They're not going six miles an hour like you see through downtown Hammond. <laughs> those chokers are going 75, 85. Some of them go 120 miles an hour. It was and you couldn't be, and you can't be bothered to take seriously the human lives that are in your care. Ladies and gentlemen, this infrastructure collapse is a human infrastructure collapse as well. Again, you're not going to like the world that you have removed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior from. You're not going to like it. And you're seeing it all around the world now. These infrastructure break, breakdowns, these things, with public transportation breakdowns, they're going to increase. The people out there that you and I know aren't getting any smarter, they're not getting any holier, and they're not getting more committed to saving and make uh, human lives and, 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 uh, and devoting themselves to human flourishing. That's just a fact. That's a fact. And we better deal with it, and we better deal with it soon. Again, where, where are the government leaders? Where, where are our leaders raising flags going like, we don't want a 1,000 train derailments in the United States every year, Petey? The hell is wrong with you? Rescue workers in Greece frantically searched for survivors through flattened carriages and smoking wreckage on Wednesday after a high-speed head-on collision between a freight train and a passenger train killed at least 38 people and injured scores of others in what ha appeared to be the country's deadliest rail accident. Costas A. Karamanlis, the Greek transport minister, announced hours after the cr crash that he would resign, staying in a statement, when something so tragic happens, it's impossible to continue as if nothing had happened. 
It's a fact that we inherited the Greek railway in a state that is not fitting for the 21st century, he added. In those three and a half years, we made every effort to improve this reality. Unfortunately, those efforts were not adequate to avert such a tragedy. What have we been saying about infrastructure that has been left to the devices of bureaucrats? They don't care. I don't care how good of a person they think they are. They don't care, which is why it was a dumb idea to place into the hands of the state here in these United States things like transportation. Yeah, but we need the government to raise money to build an interstate system so I can travel all over up and down USA. That's an even more stupid idea. Public Highways. We need the public transportation system. Uh, what do you need it for? Because uh, I want to go tourism. I want to travel from point, uh, point A to point B. Why don't you like where you live? <laughs> well, I, I do kind of like it, but I, I like where you live better. Why don't you move here? Our children would not be leaving our homes, going to faraway places to work and find themselves had we not, A, told them to do so, and B, not frittered our resources away to provide the transportation systems for them to do so. Just one example. I'm not singling out the children leaving. What about ESCOM in South Africa? On February the 15th, the U.S. Embassy in Pretoria advised Americans in South Africa, now listen to this, to have at least 72 hours worth of food, water, medicine, and hygiene supplies in case of power outages, which have reached record levels in recent weeks, leaving users across the country without electricity for hours at a time. In January, the U.S. State Department's Overseas Security Advisory Council held a meeting. Ooh, we're going to have a meeting and send you a nasty letter. Uh, which was leaked to journalists in an audio recording to discuss the need to prepare for a total collapse of South Africa's power grid. These alarm bells come on the heels of the resignation of André de Reuter as CEO of ESCOM in December of 2022, three years after, uh, after he was brought in to lead the embattled utility with a mandate to tackle corruption and end rolling blackouts. By the way, why is one utility seemingly in control of the electrical services for 40 million people? Because the government said that's the way it should be. Fortunately, here in the United States, we're not that far gone. Here in Louisiana, where I live, we have Entergy, which is basically a public utility, that bilks the public out of hundreds of, or billions of dollars a year, rather, and is protected by the, by the state of Louisiana, uh, Public Utility Commission, they call it. Fortunately, though, efforts were made to preserve private co-op utilities. At Walsing and West, when we get there, we will be on the grid or on the services of Beauregard Electric. That's a co-op. Uh, Justin, where he lives here in Mandeville, is at the services of Washington St. Tammany Electric. That's a co-op. 
Uh, there are, and there are other co-ops in Louisiana. There are, there are co-ops as well. Uh, New Jersey has a lot of electrical co-ops. These are good things. You want a decentralized energy grid. You want it to be able. You want you, you want to have separate providers, regionally located, if not locally. If I've always thought it was a good good idea, and I've been arguing for this for thirty one years now, I've always thought it was a good idea that when these bougie developments go up, it ought to be they ought to be encouraged and not discouraged from constructing their own private electrical generating facilities. If you got 200 houses going in there and you know that that's all that there's going to be is 200, you could you could you could design a gas propane or na or a natural gas turbine system that's pretty clean, it's efficient, and could provide and generate electricity to those 200 residents who would pay for it and over time would pay for the infrastructure, right? You'd have to have some capital on the front end. But what would it be almost impervious to? Hurricanes. If you buried the wires, you're not on the grid. Hurricane Ida can't take the transmission lines down. They carry power to 250,000 people. The system is just stupid. It is completely devoid of logic. It is completely devoid of efficiency. It works. But it only works through the genius of previous generations. The people that are running these grids today, these are, they, look, they're out, there, they're, they're out there telling the bureaucrats, yes, make us put up windmills. <laughs> Why in heaven's name would you do that? Because they pay you to do it. Bribes. All this stuff is going to come crashing down. This, this, this modern world is in for a chastisement of its own excess. Resistance to his efforts at the highest levels, including by cabinet politicians, made his job impossible, and load shedding, that's what rolling blackouts are called, reached record levels in 2021. With nothing left to lose, last month, DeRoyter gave an hour-long interview to journalist Annika Larson, where he spilled his guts, the whole story of corruption at ESCOM. And if it's happening in South Africa, you better believe where it's happening here in America, and we have patented it. The most explosive allegation aired by De Reuter involved in a, an attempt to assassinate him by putting cyanide in his coffee on December the 12th, the day of his resignation. Quote, never have a personalized mug. It's a bad idea. <laughs> he choked. More disturbing than the assassination attempt was the total lack of interest in investigating it on the part of law enforcement. Uh, one of the workmen repairing the broken coffee machine on that day of the poisoning, quote, has since absconded from work. He's disappeared, according to DeRoyter. That remains to be investigated. The detectives who took DeRoyter's statement inquired whether I had been experiencing problems with my sinuses. I asked them if they knew what cyanide was. Weeks later, no arrests have been made. DeRoyter was ESCOM's last best hope. The board is not likely to find another CEO with the competence to handle this impossible job and the willingness to undertake it at the risk of death. The criminal forces that harried DeRoyter throughout his tenure will most likely now carry on their predations free of any remaining obstacles, enriching themselves until there is nothing left to loot. 
The dominoes that would fall in the case of a total grid, grid collapse start with phone lines, internet, and traffic lights and end with looting, crime, and civil unrest. So electricity could be the pillar that finally brings the rainbow nation tumbling to the ground. Why ESCOM? Because it sits at the intersection of the three themes of South Africa's long decline, politics, incompetence, and crime. Hey, by the way, you got rid of apartheid. Congratulations. How's that working out for you? Better sure play. You can't ever say apartheid with a good thing. You don't know what apartheid was. I'm only going to say this because I interviewed her, and I could interview her tomorrow. Maybe I should, but she's been gone for 20 years. Go read Ilana Mercer's book, Into the Cannibal's Pot, and come back and tell me about the wonders of repealing and getting rid of apartheid. Because Ilana Mercer was a South African, and she fled for her life is one of the few that got out, ultimately, and she's Jewish, she made it back to Tel Aviv, and then from there she met a man, married him, and then immigrated to the U.S. You can still read Alana Mercer. She writes at World Net Daily every two, two, three times a week. I used to interview her when we started the Crusade Channel. She used to be, she was a, she was a regular guest, guest every week. This has been going on a long time in South Africa. You know what happens? The criminals around the world see the opportunity and they swoop in and they're all card-carrying members of the World Economic Forum and the, uh, the, uh, the Clinton Global Initiative and the cult of death, the pedosex cult of death. And again, ladies and gentlemen, you are kidding yourself to think that these people are human beings that care about other human beings because they don't. And how do we know this? Because our Lord and Savior told us, by their fruits, you shall know them. I'm reading this piece this morning about what happened to ESCOM in South Africa, and he attempted to assassinate the Reuter. They're going to kill the guy. Ultimately, they'll just use and abuse this resource of theirs until there's nothing left, and then they'll move on to the next one. Where do you think that might be? Pray tell. Can't do it in India because the Indians have already done it to themselves. Can't do it in Sri Lanka. The Sri Lankans have already done it themselves. 400,000 people a day lose power for 10, 12 hours a day in Sri Lanka. Did you know that? Can't do it to the EU because NATO's already looted that one. So where are they going to go? You're wasting your time by going to South America. That's a basket case. So where are they going to go? Where's the money at? Texas, Louisiana, Canada. Blame Canada. You don't pay attention to this. We don't do something about it. Like Victor Davis Hanson says, we better stop them before they stop all of us. Like David Simpson was saying on yesterday's Wisdom Wednesday, folks, do your do the little way of Brian Koch. Do the little way of Dan Mundy. Do the little way of Brian and Melissa English. Just people that I know. I'm not singling anybody out. Do the little way of Alyssa Lehman. What do you do that you think works against this, including prayer and fasting, and then your regenerative farming or your, your vocation, your trade, whatever, 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 whatever you do that you, you determine is contra this evil, just keep doing it. 
and be joyful about it. Maybe other people go like, hey, I want to do that. That's Look, this is our play, ladies and gentlemen. This is why the Crusade Channel is different from any other media entity out there. We're going to try to help you solve the problem. I don't want to live in the problem with you. I don't want to profit off of it. But that's what we do. This story, I'm skimming ahead now going like, my Lord, how did this happen? Jackson, Mississippi does not have drinkable water. 150,000 Americans in Mississippi now do not have drinkable water. Why? Because the politicians took mafia kickbacks and bribes and union bribes for five decades while the water treatment facility just finally collapsed in on itself. And no one knew there was a problem. Politics is what prevented ESCOM from raising rates through the late 1990s and mid-2000s when it badly needed revenue in order to build new power stations and replace old ones. By the way, uh, where did I see this? Here it is. Quickly, Biden administration, Biden regime offers $1.2 billion for distressed, shut nuclear plants. The Biden regime said yesterday it is offering a fresh round of $1.2 billion in aid to extend the life of distressed nuclear power plants, which for the first time could offer funding to a plant that has recently closed. So look, they're pie in the sky, windmills and amoeba farts and all that other crap will not produce the solar panels, will not produce the electricity. They don't want to be clubbed to death in the street because people don't have their precious power to watch ESPN tonight or Netflix. Reopen distressed nuke plants. Ladies and gentlemen, if the man and the regime, the humankind hating and despising creeps in the Biden regime fear for their lives that if they don't reopen nuclear power plants, there's going to be some hell to pay on the streets. It must be far worse than any of us know. I'm talking about our infrastructure and our power grids and air finger quotation marks. That is stunning. 